The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us to talk the trade today is Clint Hoffman of Trados. Clint, thank you for joining us today. As we take a look across the screen here, grain's kind of the prevailing positive thing to see today with corn and wheat both being able to close into the green. So let's start there. Let's start with the good news on the day. And really, the Chicago wheat leading this way higher. What's going on in the wheat market to see this late week rally? I think if you're looking at the big rains we've had, that's probably going to cause a little bit of quality issues on the wheat harvest we have going here. It's been a little odd that we're seeing the Chicago gain on the Kansas City when basis levels on the harvested wheat coming up have been super strong, improving a good 50 cents or more. So you could see maybe that was just a trade getting unwound this week on all the volatility, but should going forward see a little more strength in the kansas city versus chicago and when we look at global events right now china and russia both starting to uh, give us a little peek inside of their wheat crops and they're saying that weather is becoming more of a serious factor there what do you read into that i think it's definitely gonna take effect on the global stocks to use as we go forward there's definitely a little weather troubles in the eu and the black sea so that's gonna eventually increase demand all these trade issues are just putting that on the back burner the any weather markets are just nobody's paying much attention to those this week the funds have just been in get me out mode but long term that should be some good fundamentals and give us some export demand moving forward and just for reference to compare it to more u.s type wheat what is it closer to chicago soft red wheat or kansas city hard red wheat that's grown in china and russia That'd probably be more compared to the Kansas City and, well, both markets really, but if we look at how that's going to affect the two, it's just more of a difference on that spread. So both markets should be affected by the weather over there. Historically, looking at wheat patterns, the past several years, there's been somewhat of a harvest low and then a harvest rally coming into it. Do we see a similar pattern starting to build itself in this year? I think we can. All these trade issues coming up just had a big negative impact the last two weeks on the market. So looking at wheat with us finally having a below trend line yield, and again, I'll mention on basis, that's improved even at the elevators, a good 50 cents a bushel. So I think we could see a early seasonal low on the wheat. Seasonally, still have a little pressure for another month as we get through harvest, but we're going to have more volatility, and that can mean to the down end up. So hopefully that gives us some runs back into the mid-fives on that July July weed. I guess that's going to be expiring pretty soon. Just looking at that, if you know there's good 40 cents a carry out to the deece, nobody wants to usually store wheat, but just looking at that carry and as volatile as this basis is, you could probably pick up quite a few cents a bushel storing that wheat for a few months. And then let's go to the other grains here. Corn, another one, the leader to the green side today, being able to close fairly well with maybe a little bit of a late session rally. Uh, What are the primary factors here helping feed the bull in corn? I think, again, just being oversold on Tuesday on those trade issues. We had the panic selling that morning. And then looking at the two markets, 
the trade war, if you want to call it that, with China is going to affect them not buying beans more so than the corn market. And fundamentally, we have a little bit stronger fundamentals in the U.S. and the world on corn. So everybody is trading that that way today with beans being down 10 and corn up 3. So we got corn about 18 cents off the lows. And let me look here. Beans right at $9 on a November even though nine dollars isn't exciting, that's thirty-five cents off Tuesday's low. So that's I think what we're seeing today. The fundamentals just look a little better on the corn. We do have a little bit of heat forecast for the first part of July. It's supposed to be similar to May though, where we have it for a week or ten days and then it's supposed to fade off in the rest of July. Right now it's not a prolonged hot and dry forecast for the whole month. When we're looking at how the, some of these markets are starting to bounce back after the harsh trade they took, when you look at it at an open interest perspective, has there been uh, some possibility of funds maybe changing their minds or really taking a step back out of this market? Uh, there could be a little. The open interest, in just looking at December, has actually continued to climb. So them going from long to short hasn't necessarily just cut back on their position size. We probably saw a capitulation on Tuesday when we saw that big moment where we were down 18 on corn and 60-something there on beans for a little bit. So we probably saw at least a short-term low with these great, good to excellent ratings on corn and beans. Everybody's pricing in a big yield. Looking at corn, for example, if we do bump that yield up to 180 bushels per acre, which is possible with these good ratings we have that still drops the carry out from in the twos this year down to 1.8 billion bushel carry out and the world stocks to use ratio is going to drop about 20 percent so long term there's some bright spots we just got to get through the funds you know go in normal sell mode it's seasonal time for them to sell if we have good weather and then you add the trade issues on top of that it's just a double whammy the last couple weeks so if we can get through that that July 6th time frame where they would start the initial tariffs would be a big kind of a big market there if we could get something negotiated with China before that happened it's seeming less and less likely when neither country is picking up the phone to talk to each other but the trade's going to continue to go off what's happening in those trade negotiations and that's pretty hard to trade that Again, we're talking with Clint Hoffman of TradeOz here today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Right now talking about the positives that happened in today's trade, both wheat and corn. Chicago wheat starting to outpace uh, Kansas City, even on that July contract. Coming up, we talk livestock, soybeans, as well as risk management strategies. Keep listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in for Susan Littlefield today. And again, we're talking with Clint Hoffman of Trados. Clint, in our last section, we talked about the grains that ended in the green, corn and wheat. Now let's look to the other side, soybeans, having a little bit of a rougher day, uh, but not as the volatility they've seen earlier this week as we were talking about before we started rolling. So as we take a look here at soybeans, is there a little bit of factor that could give us hope going forward, or are we kind of channeling down and a little bit lower in the long term? I would think we saw capitulation low on Tuesday. Granted, that's still 35 cents below where we're at today, but it just seems like even the last five years, we haven't been able to close below, 
I believe it's 860, and we got July beans at 880 today. So I think right now, with the funds flipping from long to going short this market, they're pricing in above trend line yields on beans, acting like we're never going to sell a bean again. And one thing I talked about with a few guys this week is even if China doesn't buy any beans for a few months, at some point they got to buy all that from China or somewhere else. So a different type of demand could show up to buy our beans. Argentina might have to buy our beans to crush them and get meal to China. So there's certainly things that could progress, and I think it's just a matter of time before the traders get away from this emotional standpoint of, hey, we're never going to sell a bean again this year. From a risk management perspective for the soybean producer, is this a sit-and-wait time? I think it definitely is on the beans when we're within... 20 to 40 cents, depending on which contract month you look at of lows we've saw the last four or five years. You might have to sit and wait a while, but usually it seems like when the funds go short that bean market, it's just a matter of time before something happens and it has a dollar rally. So if we would see that, you know, even 70, 80 cent rally, we'd get beans back to $9 cash for harvest. And if guys had some others sold in the mid to upper nines to go with that to finish out the year, we could at least keep things whole and keep guys liquid to go through another year. Let's switch gears now and move over to the cattle side and both live cattle and feeder cattle ending in the red today, but really no large triple-digit losses on the board. Are we just looking for new news in the cattle market, or are we starting to put more of a cap to the top side? I think a little of both. We didn't trade much cash last week. It was a little lower. Two weeks ago, we jump from 110 to 115 and then last week it sounds like anywhere from 110 to 12 or 13 traded i have heard of a little 110 this week but the majors haven't went out and actually made any big purchases yet you know, everybody's just waiting to see what develops there it wouldn't surprise me if we back off into that 110 112 area you know another thing we're seeing there is a pretty big basis flip if you're there's not much volume in the june anymore but if you're looking at basis off the June. If we trade at one ten, that's just a dollar thirty over the close today and a couple weeks ago that was a good seven bucks over the board. So we're starting to see that traditional basis flip. And then we have August at one oh six and change. That basis over a ten year average is close to even. In the last few years it's been a few dollars positive. So we're the cash market's not gonna give the board near as much reason to have support under it. So I would say when we're trading at eight bucks off the lows in August cattle it probably wouldn't hurt to at least have some puts or get some hedges on partier cattle. As we go into the fourth quarter, they have quite a bit of premiums in those months. We got Dece at one twelve and a half and Feb at one fifteen, so those probably are some bad levels. If you bought some cattle that have break-evens in the 106, 107 area, probably wouldn't hurt to you know, lock in five bucks, five to seven and a half bucks of margin on some of those. Back out to the big picture now and really talk about risk management strategies, what trade-offs is well known for. And when you're looking at this as a whole, in soybeans we kind of talked about that wait-and-see type picture, but really what is trade-offs looking here from a risk management perspective both on grains and livestock? I guess this means we're just on livestock. I think just depending on your individual strategy, some people put hedges on right when they buy them. But if you haven't, we've had a good run in the cattle market here being 8 bucks off the lows. So good opportunity to buy puts, put a fence in, or at least get part of your cattle hedged. On the corn and bean markets, we 
try to strongly look at the seasonal and that seasonal on corn's getting close to 100% sold. So if you had some early sales on before and don't like today's price, you could maybe sell some 30 cent out of the money, say August or Sep calls and collect eight or 10 cents a bushel. If it goes up to that level, it'll force you into a hedge. If we stay down here, you at least collect eight or 10 cents. On soybeans, they're the ones that you know, got hit a lot harder than the corn market. That seasonal's closer to only 50% sold, so we got a little more time for weather volatility in July and August on that bean market. So right now I think it's a sit and wait, wait for a rally, wait for some sort of trade negotiations. Could give us a pretty quick rally in two or three days, and that should give you a lot better opportunity to get a, get some more sales on for harvest. That's Glenn Hoffman with Trados joining us here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. If you'd like more information, visit GoTrados.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.